God bless you. We're so happy to have you with us today on another episode of Kingdom Concepts. Uh, man, God's been doing some great things during this time that you and I have been able to share together, Doc. Uh, if you don't know Dr. Rogers, this is a great man. He's a great minister of the gospel, been building the kingdom of God since 1980. Uh, just a great friend to have, great resource of wisdom and knowledge. This man is a living epistle, amen? And uh, just smartest guy I know. And uh, we've just been having a good time talking about uh, the role of pastors and ministers and the things that people can do to receive the most and experience the best from that gift that God has given to them. And uh, the road that we're going to go down today is we're talking about, you know, those honor rewards and that that power that comes when uh, there is an appreciation. You know, people that are thankful. I mean, Jesus, I think about the, the time when Jesus healed the lepers. Only one of them came back to say, hey, thank you. And he was the one that was made whole. Right. And I think there's such a, a power uh, when people are show gratitude and when they're thankful for what God has blessed them with. And I think that because of the mentality of some people concerning honoring, you know, men or women of God, there's such a twisted view that people have because some preachers have fallen into sin, but more church people have fallen than preachers have. Sure. But I think that anytime it comes to honoring, you know, a person such as your, yourself, some people would say, oh, that's man worship. Uh, or you'll hear stuff like, well, I don't put them on a pedestal, you know. And then they wonder why they're not getting everything that they should be receiving out of the church that they attend. And I think a lot of it has to do with how they handle the gift, you know, of the minister that God has given them. In your years of, of ministering and pastoring, I mean, what are some of the contrasts that you have seen between uh the church uh here where we live versus you know you've been you know on several missions trips what's the difference you know and, and what can we do to get the most out of the ministers that god places in our lives well obviously you know the bible says jesus said this if, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness you'll be filled mm. and so the word of god or the relationship with the father is the thing that we're supposed to be involved in constantly when you go to a third world country they are so hungry for the manifestation of the power of god into their lives that they come to meetings to services and they don't have two-hour services mm -hmm. they they could go all day long mm -hmm. and they'll all be there it's true and the thing of it is is that not only that they have a tendency to treat their man of God or their woman of God, they treat them with such honor and such respect. I mean, it is, it's very humbling. Yeah, very, very humbling. You know, it, do, it, it doesn't make you feel like you're something special. They treat you like you're something special. Yeah. But it's very humbling when people actually love you, love that anointing that is on your life, and they're putting a pull on that thing because... They're desperate to receive healing or the manifestation or the voice of God into their life. And so it's difficult for Americans or perhaps Europeans to treat a human being like you get treated when you go overseas. Mm -hmm. Because they think that it's exalting a man. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's not. It's exalting the anointing of God. And that anointing gets so intense because of their expectation, because they're desperate for it. 
you and I both know that we could go to a conference like we do in January, going to the minister's conference, and you sit in services for, what, from 9 until 11 or 12 or whatever at night? <laughs> And, and you know, I don't know about you, I'm a wide awake, mm -hmm. and I'm hanging on every word that gets preached, every song that gets sung, mm -hmm. because I know that I go there with the idea that I need those men to be able, or women to be able to speak into my life. Amen. And uh, I, I just wish that our churches were more like that, in a sense, because they... When, when you're putting a pull on the anointing, the anointing jumps up several rungs on the ladder. Yeah. And so I think that we miss it when we have a tendency to treat a pastor like he's just nothing more than a human being. And he's just, that's a job description. Yeah. It is a job description, mm -hmm. but it's all based upon the anointing of God, yeah. which is the thing that you've got to connect to in order to receive. Yeah, I think that sometimes what people, you know, they don't understand is that, you know, we are positionally equal. We are all children of God. Sure. I mean, I, I think that's what David's wife didn't understand when he right. was out there dancing in the street and he took off his kingly robe. He was demonstrating that we're all worshipers. Right. You know, the thing is that we're positionally equal and that if you're born again, you're a child of God, but we're functionally different. We have different roles that we play. And when it comes to the role of being a, a voice for God in the form of a, you know, fivefold ministry gift, especially, um, Man, we're judged with a harder rod. There's, you know, to them that are given much, much more is required. We are, we're accountable not only for our own lives, but we're accountable for every life that God sets us in front of to minister Definitely. to. And because there's a greater responsibility, uh, there's also a greater honor. The Bible says that, you know, there are people that are worthy of double honor, especially those that minister and teach the word of God, because that word is life. It's life to the people that receive it. But I think that what happens sometimes is that, you know, we just, we can take what we have for granted and what was precious can become common. And that's when things change. Um, like you were mentioning, like on the mission field, I remember, you know, the first time I went to Uganda, Africa, it, it took me back. I didn't know how to handle the honor that was given. Me either. Because it's just overwhelming, right? It is. Because you're not used to that. You're used to, some people love you, man, though let you know that they love you, you know, uh, they'll be a blessing to you. But over there, they took it to a level that I wasn't prepared for to where I had adults that here I am coming to minister in a church and I had adults, men and women, that would drop down to a knee to shake my hand. And wow. and it, it just, it, it took me back. And, and I remember going to eat, I'd be ministering in these churches and there'd be 15, 20 pastors from different denominations and when we would go to eat, we'd go into a home. And, and over there, you're a holy man. They see you as that. If you if you refuse to come to their home, they feel like they've been cursed. And so I would go into their homes to eat. And I'd be in the room where the food was. Sometimes it's the only food they had. They're giving it to you. And the owners of the house would be in a totally different room. They would not even eat in the same room as I was. Because it was just, they, they reverenced you as being a, a, a vessel of God so much. And consequently, it showed up in the services. I mean, what's been your experience in, in, in those times when you were over there and, and that honor and that appreciation, that thankfulness was there for the gift that you brought? What did that expe expectation and honor produce in, in the, the places 
where you ministered? Uh, miracles that I'd never seen before by the scores. Mm. Uh, people being filled with the Holy Spirit, people being saved, uh, people being set free. And I'm the same guy. I had to go back. Matter of fact, in 96, when I went over there for the first time, I had to go back to a hotel room and look at myself in the mirror and say to God, yes, that is me. Because I was in, uh, in, in Kenya and I was in a, a community called Caricio, which is about an hour and a half from Nakuru. And so I was in this meeting and I was preaching and it was on Easter Sunday, mm. 96, Easter Sunday. And I was preaching and I, and God had told me on Easter Sunday to preach on prosperity. I argued with God. Mm. I did. I, I, it's like, I'm telling, I'm telling God this, this was so funny, Matt. I told God, I said, God, it's Easter Sunday. Like he didn't know. Yeah, like he doesn't know, you know. <laughs> and so he says, will you obey me? Mm. So I go to this, you know, theater where they're having this, this church meeting. That's where their church was. It's in this theater, which was, you know, in Kenya, it's all broken down and the cement's broken and all that kind of yeah, stuff. You ramshackle know? But there's 400 or 500 people in that room. So at the end of the service, uh, not only do we receive an offering, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, I probably should ask people if they need prayer or healing or something, you know. I'm, you know, I'm thinking this because yeah. I don't really know what to do, honestly. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, 400 people come forward. I'm thinking to myself, I can't lay hands on 400 people. So all of a sudden, I think, Benny Hinn. So I said to the people, I said, okay, take your hand and put it in the area that you need healing from, healing for. And so I, so I said to the ushers, to the interpreter, I said, now you stand right there with people. And I said, you know, you pray too. And I said, We're, I'm going to just pray in the name of Jesus. So I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And so then everybody's quiet. And so I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I missed it. You know? I blew it. And so then I, I decided, well, I better ask the ushers, you know, to talk to the people. So they go through the people and they turn to me and they go, Pastor, they're healed. Come on, come on. Well, I had never seen anything like that. And I didn't lay hands on one person, the power of God because of their expectation. Isn't that something? And I, you know, I was so in awe of the fact that God did that. Yeah. And here's the thing. God will do anything you expect him to do. Yeah. That's really what faith is. You know, and, it, and it's, it's so true, you know, because I always say expectation that can't be killed is expectation that cannot be denied. Right. Because what you expect you will experience. If you expect God to do something mighty, something powerful, God will show up right where you're at. Maybe, you know, you're listening to us today and maybe you need a miracle and maybe it hasn't happened in your time. I'm here to tell you, God is still on the throne. Amen. And if you will release your expectation and praise him now for what you believe is already done, it will show up. It will. It always does. You know, it amazes me at how... You know, we have so many people that have slipped into a sense knowledge faith. 
mm-hmm. to where they'll believe it when they can see it. They'll believe it when they can feel it, you know, hear it, taste it, touch it. And that's not faith. You know, faith is you taking God at his word, that what God promised God will do. And, you know, again, that expectation is so powerful. I, I know that, um, you know, God will put you in a place where he's always building expectation too. That's true. Because I remember my first trip to a foreign country. Again, it was Uganda, to Africa. I love going to nations. Uganda is always something special for me. Now, I remember the first church I went to. There was a man there that was blind. And I thought this guy had been sleeping the whole time I was preaching. And, you know, and, and he, he wasn't just a little blind. I'm talking about this guy's eyes were like yellowed over. And when I called people up for healing, he came up for healing. And uh, I went to go pray for him. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I want you to anoint his eyes with spit. And I'm like, get behind me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, there ain't no way. I'm like, God, I ain't doing this. You know, I'm like, Lord, I have faith, Lord. I, I, I have expectation that you can heal this man. I've seen blind eyes healed before. Um, and Lord, spit wasn't used then. I, you know, really don't need it now. And, and, you know, I started doing like what, you know, I started reasoning like what you were sharing. And, uh, but God said, what? He goes, you're going to come all the way to Africa to start getting disobedient. Right. And he told me I was going to be there for 17 days. And he said, I will not anoint you this whole trip if you do not do what I said. So I decided to get obedient. Good thinking. Yeah, yeah, right? I was like, I was like, man, if the anointing's not here, then this yeah, is really wasted. This is pointless. And so he didn't tell me, he he told me what he wanted done. He didn't tell me how to do it. And I remember just telling everybody, close your eyes. I want everybody here, close your eyes, you know, and we're gonna pray for this man's healing. And then I just began to pray and, you know, oh Lord, I believe, Lord, that you're going to heal this man. Lord, you're going to heal his blindness. And, 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 I, and I just put my hands in my mouth. I spit and then I, I touched his eyes and I prayed. Just a few seconds later, man, this guy starts shouting. And it's kind of like the guy in the Bible. So I could see trees, you know, people like trees, you know. And this man was beginning to see. He couldn't see clearly, but he could see more than he couldn't see nothing before. So he was excited about that. Amen. And then as soon as that happened. The expectation of everybody in that church just broke out to where there were so many miracles that took place to where people either got healed instantly or just give it, give it a few minutes. And I'm talking about people with like some serious stuff, serious uh, injuries and diseases, AIDS, many healed of AIDS. And I remember by the end of that service, about 30 minutes later, I'm in the van and we're getting ready to leave. And this guy comes running out there to the van. His eyes are crystal clear. And he was just thanking me. It was that it was that man that had been blind. And I remember just the humility that was that was on me. And I was going, oh, Lord, man, this man has been showing up with an expectation. And I'll tell you what really bootstrapped me, Doc. Was I thought, Lord, how many how many other ministers have you brought here and told them to do it this way? And they didn't. And I kept thinking, man, what would have happened to this man today, Lord, if I didn't do my part? God would have had to send somebody else because God would have taken care of that man. God would have met his expectation. But it's like, it's amazing how even as a minister, it's something you can never get away from. You know, we do what we do because we do expect God to heal. We, 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 we believe for him to do those miracles. And, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, expectation, what can people do to, to build and to protect expectation when it comes to what, when they come to church or, or something's happening and they need prayer, what what advice would you give someone watching today 
to to have a greater expectation. Well, if you remember, you know, because with the way we've been raised in faith, mm -hmm. uh, when Kenneth Hagin would pray for people, he would always build their faith before he prayed for people. Mm, that's good. And so without faith, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it is impossible to please God, so you gotta believe that he is, mm -hmm. which nobody questions that that yeah, he is. That's right. But that you gotta believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So the idea of diligence can be misinterpreted because then all of a sudden we get into work ethic, but that's not what it means. Mm -hmm. It means that you are consistent in the pursuit of the character of God, of his anointing, of his promises. You know, I, I say this a lot, but it's worth saying that there's over 8,000 promises in the Bible. There's 30,000 verses in the Bible, but there's over 8,000 promises in the Bible. I always look at it like this. I wonder how many of those promises that were, that were actually using our faith to grab hold of. Yeah. Because we we take our favorite ones mm -hmm. and we use our faith to get those, but I doubt very seriously where most people know the eight thousand promises that are in the Bible. Yeah, it's, I'm you not know? sure. But you know the thing of it is, is that God is more than willing to do whatever He has promised. He's already said it. He's already stated it. His word cannot return void. So our responsibility is just hook up with what God has already said and said, you know what, God. I'm going to believe you for this. I'm going to expect you for this. Our problem here in the United States is, is that we've got too many other avenues that we can pursue. I agree. When you've got more, you know, this is not a criticism. This is an observation. But when you've got more doctor's phone numbers on your telephone than you have access to studies and biblical principles and ministers, and you're dependent upon medicine. Mm -hmm rather than depending on faith. So when it comes to, so when it comes to people, especially, you know, uh, like here in the, the U.S., let's say, since this is where we're, we're at, um, <clears throat> you know, you when you share stories of miracles that have happened, you know, mm -hmm. overseas, you always have folks ask the question, how come we don't see that happening here more? What would your answer be to that? Well, when you go to, Africa or Cambodia or the Philippines or any third world country, uh, people are not time conscious. Yeah. What they are is they're hungry for the manifestation. So there's no time limit on so God. So there's no time limit. And so what happens is they'll come and whatever you instruct them out of the word of God to do, they just grab it instantly mm -hmm. because their expectation is all the way up. And so they received the manifestation of that word. You know, I was, I was in Cambodia, uh, and we were having a minister's meeting there in Phnom Penh, which is the capital of Cambodia. And uh, there were pastors from all over Cambodia, and some from Vietnam, and some from Thailand that were there. And... I was teaching on the power of the word. And I said this before I started teaching. It was an afternoon session. Mm -hmm. And I, I said this before teaching. I said, now listen, it's not me laying hands on you that gets you healed. I said, it's the word of God that heals mm -hmm. you. I said, if you will believe the word, 
you can receive your manifestation right now in your physical body. There was a man that I did not know till afterwards, and he was a pastor sitting on the front row, and he had stepped on a landmine, you know, because during that that oh, war, a genocide. And what happens is, is that he'd have blown up about ninety percent of his stomach, and so he, this guy, was in constant pain. He was pastoring in an outlying community. So I'm teaching the word. I'm I'm not even talking much about healing. I'm just teaching the word. I'm just saying what God said, what Jesus said. All of a sudden, this man jumps up, and through an interpreter, he says, "I'm healed." Praise God. Well, it Praise wasn't God. because I laid hands <laughs> on him. It wasn't because I prayed anything. It's just that the power of the word. This is what guarantees us of receiving everything that God says. That's why I am. I'm connected to you, brother, because Amen. you're a word guy. Amen. Amen. You know, and, and, you know, we've been around long enough in the church world that you've got people that are into the in the gifts of prophecies or the dancing or the worship mm -hmm. or something but if the word is not first place yeah Dave, david said thou hast exalted thy word above thy very name mm. psalms 138 verse 2 come on and you know what if the word is not first place in my life or in your life or in the ministry life then the truth of the matter is we're missing something because yeah. jesus put on flesh and dwelled among us so that the word would come alive in us yeah you know and it's it's so amazing because again that that expectation expectation will put a draw on the Lord and uh, you know I, I I had a similar situation where I remember I was preaching on faith because what I've learned is the word is what makes us spiritual you have the danger that I see happening right now um, especially in a lot of churches here in the United States uh, and, and there's other countries that I see the same thing to where there's such an emphasis on the worship uh, and on programs, which both are very vital yeah, to the health of a church, but it's to make up for the lack of the word being ministered. And so you have a lot of programs and you have a lot of fun experiences in church, but there are no testimonies of miracles happening. There are no, no manifestations of the Holy Spirit, you know, to the degree that people are getting their life saved and changed as a result of that. It's more uh, entertainment based. And what I've learned is that the word of God is what makes us spiritual and God works with the word. Amen. Our worship will bring him to us. God will bless our programs if they're reaching out and touching people, if love is our motivation. But it really comes down to making sure that they have the word. I remember ministering in Yuma, Arizona one time at a, a friend of mine's church, the River Church. And I was preaching on the just shall live by faith. You know, uh, and I remember, you know, Habakkuk chapter two, verse four. And I remember there was this, this man in that service. He had to have been about 80 years old and he's in a wheelchair and he's got a, it was one of those kind where they had him seat belted in. And the whole time I'm preaching, this man kept on shouting. I came expecting, I came expecting. And he just kept shouting at the whole time I'm preaching. And I remember just stopping. I told him, I said, sir, with it, with, with, with faith like that, I said, you're going to get healed. I came expecting and I just kept preaching and then finally he said it one more time and doc to God be the glory I remember running over there unbuckling that seatbelt grabbing that man by the hand and I pulled him out of that wheelchair and we took off running around that church that place came undone and I remember 
just, you know, seeing that happen. And this is what was interesting is that in that same service, there was a lady there that was maybe half his age, maybe 40 years old. And she had a cane, one of those kind of like the four feet, you know, and, and I remember she, she seen him get healed. She came forward to get healed. I remember grabbing that cane and throwing it and God healed that woman. When I came back to that church to minister about eight months later, the, the elderly gentleman was walking into church without, he wasn't in a wheelchair no more. I asked, where's the lady at? And they said, she's back on that cane. And I remember going, Lord, what's the difference there? The thing is that man held on. What, what he expected, he experienced, and he protected it. And the way he protected it was with the word right. that caused him to have the experience. Right, right. Oh, man, I, this is just such a, a beautiful subject. And man, I pray to God that, you know, we're taking the time to quote a lot of scripture because if we start turning to scripture, me and him will get lost in the, we, 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 we're gold miners when it comes to really digging in. So uh, we decided we were going to be quoting more than anything. But I'm here to tell you that expectation God will do for you what he'll do for anybody. It doesn't matter where you live, whether you're in a village in Africa or whether, you know, you live in, uh, you know, urban America. God wants to meet you where you're at. If you'll put your faith out there, what will God do? It, he'll manifest his word. It'll work. It'll work for anybody. It'll work for you. That's our prayer today, man, that God will work with your expectation. God bless you. And thank you for joining me and my friend, Dr. Rogers. Amen. For an episode of Kingdom Concepts. We'll see you guys next time. Amen.